How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. I might just stand the rest of the episode. You know what? With that bother you? I, not at all. It's it's great cardio all at would one it, time. It wouldn't intimidate you by me standing looking down my nose at you? If it is, it's just another I am. That's an I am. It is. So I I'm excited am tonight. Intimidated. Why are you excited? First of all, it's, it's it's wonderful to see you guys, but tell me why. I think I got a sense why you're excited, but tell me Should why. I wait mm-hmm. and tell you after the commercial? No. Tell me <laughs> right now, the Dr. Joe show is changing its format drastically or materially? No, it's it's going from a two-mat to a three-mat. A three-mat. Instead of a four-mat. Not yet a four-mat. So we, <laughs> well, have, brought, we have brought Ben. Toma. Ben. Oh, 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 sorry. What? I didn't Unless mean to interrupt you. Unless we had a format. We didn't get it? The format. One mat, two. I did. I was beyond. I was moving. Thank you. Chess checkers. <laughs> Chess checkers. <laughs> we have... A new co-host on the Dr. Joe Show. Yes, we do. And here he is, our very own Tom McCoy. It's Tomas. Tomas. Hi. Dr. Joe, hello. Hello, Tom. I'm, I like this. I get to sit. <laughs> you do. Tom has been our videographer, our editor, our, our like sort of offline, online producer. He's been the guy making it happen. Godsend, he was referred to as one time. Yes. A godsend. So look, this is what we're going to... We were going to talk a little bit about about the movie that you saw. Um, can we come back to that? Or we're we're going to have plenty of time. Maybe our guests saw it, too. Maybe mm-hmm. our Okay, so what I want to do instead is we, we have uh, a wonderful guest who's coming on. Lori Duff is here, who has written a book, and we are going to be talking about it. What if you book? did what I asked in the first place, and it's got a wonderful cover on it, with we're going like like this and screaming and and a lawyer with a sense of humor. This is the part that that yes. my so my co-host Mark. We don't have to reveal that yet. Is a lawyer. You don't oh. have to say that. Well, I thought it'd be funny for her to make fun of lawyers before I told her that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Lori, just erase the last 15 <laughs> seconds of your memory, if you okay. can. So uh, t- tell us uh, uh, about this. How did you, Tell us about yourself, about the book. Well, you just told everybody everything they need to know. Good. Yeah. This show has All right. been great. We're done. So next All week, right. we'll be next back. Next week, the, the Dr. Joe show. <laughs> we'll t- on Thursdays. <laughs> On Thursdays, I'm a judge. I sent somebody to jail today. Really? I, you know what? I heard that in the intro. So I found you on YouTube. I, uh, in full disclosure, I researched you. I had to I vet did. you out and make sure that you were worthy of the Dr. Joe Show, an internationally renowned show seen on many mediums and heard on most platforms for podcasting. Absolutely. And at any given time, we're live with between one and two million viewers. It's one. True. Sometimes one. And two million right. viewers. Some, some, some uh, so, but I people. saw that, and the and the, and, and at that uh, um, event, which I thought was awesome. I, I think it would be great if our state and some of the other states around here did that. The funniest lawyer in Georgia. Oh. They introduced you mm-hmm. 
with, as a municipal court judge on one day a week. Tell me, is that like night court, like the old show from the 80s? It is, but it's not at night. It's during the day. Okay, but, but same, yes. same, same uh, yes, jurisdiction. Basically, I do traffic court uh, and minor misdemeanors like criminal trespass, disorderly conduct, um, that kind of thing, shoplifting. I hope you brought your toothbrush, son. What? <laughs> it's, is that a line? What? Because you're about to. Bring, bring I get. I see. Yeah. So you put underwear. someone in jail. You put someone in jail today. They must have been really bad. I did. They must have been mean, spirited people. Defense. So this. So this is actually well, a, an interesting moment because this is part of the the most difficult part of the I am the I am approach, right? Which is that everyone's doing the best they can is that, yes, yeah, sometimes people do things that you have a natural consequence for and you wind up in jail. So that's still an IM. Right. Still so what did they do? Is that it was public record? offense of driving on a suspended license. Ooh. Were they, was their license suspended for drinking and driving? I don't even remember. Just that. negligent driving. You just, a, you just don't want to submit to the government and get a license and registration i mean who no, how do you how do you do that the snowball effect like once you have it suspended it's hard to get it back and then where we live there isn't public transportation so it's hard to get from point a to point b so sometimes people feel like they're over a barrel so you know if they want to get to work they feel like they have to to get to work they need to drive so they break the law to get to work so you must have and some mitigation to that right I mean, well, maybe the first three times, yeah. the eighth time, eight's a, eight, at some eight, point, eight. you just have to obey the law. Eight's, yep, eight's, absolutely. eight's not a lucky number. A license because without a license, insurance isn't going to cover you, and if there's an accident, right. that's a problem. Right. So you do that on Thursdays. That's funny. I don't want to talk about that. Well, hold on. So <laughs> no. we're, we're going to get to that, counselor. We're going to get to that. So okay. you're like... Okay hardcore serious like trying to help the community and and you know make it right on thursdays and then you go out and do something 180 degrees different polar opposite and and go and be funny or are you funny on the are you funny on the bench are you funny on the bench like the providence providence guy have you seen clips of the providence uh judge he's he's not funny but he's he is like endearing super endearing right yeah always doing the right thing yeah i bet you like that yeah. Have you seen those clips of the guy um, from Providence? More, I have not. I'm more maternal. Got it. I get I get into mommy mode, I think. Do you ever ask? You no, know, sometimes it is funny. Sometimes things just make me laugh. It's when got it's it. Funny, it's funny. Right. So so what's mommy mode and how does that relate to I mean, the title of your current book? Well, it's not unlike disciplining children. Right. You know, actions have consequences. Right. Negative actions have negative consequences. Positive actions have positive consequences. So it's so- and the idea is not to, you know, you don't punish because punishing is fun. You punish to redirect behavior. And if doing something positive is going to redirect behavior better, then that's what you do. Hmm. You know, you do what you need to do in order to make something better. So are you kind of, you that's see. my philosophy anyway. So you're kind of the mother of the community in a way when you're kind of disciplining the children of the community that are not really behaving. The mother, yeah. <laughs> some people would say that. Right, some people <laughs> probably called you that at some point. <laughs> yes, I understand. Yes, <laughs> <all that. laughs> so 
what what was the inspiration for the current book, which has just been released? In, just released? In October? Where you would can you find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, how about, any online retailer. Do you, have a, Walmart. do you have a proprietary yeah. merch cart that you would rather them go to, like on your website uh, or anything? I don't. Okay. So Amazon, I'll go search <laughs> it in the book. But anyone who wants to, go to my website and... Tell me where it is. My blog is welcome to do that. Let me do that. Let me put that in the comment My section. My blog is at lauriedeffwrites.com. Cool. And that's writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. Right? Correct. Got it. You could actually do the rights also, right? You have the right uh, to remain silent, and anything you say will be held against you. Yeah. <laughs> People should exercise that more, too. People mm. talk themselves into trouble more than... I would bet. I would bet they walk right up to that that microphone and just babble stuff to you, right? Just out of like an anxiety stress mode kicks in and blah blah blah. I did it. Blah 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 blah. blah sorry. They do. Yeah. They do. <laughs> so. A lot. And I remind them halfway through. A lot of times, you know, you don't have to talk to me about this. <laughs> you have the right. You really don't have to be saying all this. <laughs> right. You have the right to remain silent. So I want to get back to this for Do a it. moment, if Do you it. wouldn't mind. How did you come up with the idea? Because I, I, I got a chance to read a little bit of your book. I love the, the forward of it about you playing Scrabble with your dad and the humor about that in your home domain. But what, what is the inspiration for, uh, for the book? If you did what I asked in the first place. Well, the title is the theme of my life that not an hour goes by where some situation wouldn't have been made considerably easier if the players hadn't just done whatever it is the way I had asked them to do it in the first place. Uh, yeah, and I think that's pretty typical of a lot of people. And, you know, this title, I have three other books. You do? This one, the title, yeah, I do. Uh, this, the title is so, is really eye-catching. And when I do... Um, in like craft shows and stuff like that people will walk across the aisle i say that all the time mm, yeah and it's it's just universal with particularly middle-aged women i think mm. um but the book isn't entirely about that it's just um it, it's it I, I say it's about nothing in a way that seinfeld was about nothing it's mm. it's a more or less a sitcom with regularly recurring characters it's just observations and thoughts and kind of generally grouped around a common theme and uh, you know you said before the break that you know i'm in, in court sending people to jail and then 180 degrees later i'm trying to make people laugh and that's deliberate right that it's difficult to be a lawyer because you spend your days ruining other people's days mm. nobody nobody is excited to get a letter from a lawyer. Nobody goes to the mailbox and takes a letter and sees the return address from such and such law firm and goes, yes, there's something good in here. You well, know, I wouldn't I wouldn't group I wouldn't group all goes, legal letters. see a lawyer. Things are going great. You know, nobody does that. And you just get tired of being in part of all the bad things that happen and you want to you just want to laugh and make something good happen for a change. So what do you think, Mark? Well, so you're obviously a litigator, right? Yes, I was more so than I am now, but yes. Okay. So litigators tend to take a side and 
Yes. Fight, quote, fight the other side at all costs, yes. right? Represent your client zealously. So I was starting to interrupt you because I was getting really uncomfortable in my chair. People, <laughs> people, because <in>, <laughs> people, in, and I'm going to say this in a really uh, selfish way, but people enjoy getting letters from my office. Why is that, Mark? Because what we do is 180 degrees opposite of what you do. We don't fight. We, we facilitate counsel and advise surrounding certain life-altering moments. So buying and selling real estate, it's happy. It's a good time. Everyone's working together for the same goal. Doing an estate plan, right. you're being proactive, you're working forward, you're, you're smiling, you feel good about what you're doing. You're setting up a new business, right? It's exciting, it's entrepreneurial, it's, it's, um, it's not litigation right so any sniff of litigation my stomach starts to turn right and I start to like puke in my throat and I go call Ryan get Ryan on the phone this thing's going to litigation I see the issues I spot the issues hand it to Ryan Ryan's got it and Ryan's built for it Ryan is a litigator so people smile when they get letters from us so I wanted to just clarify because just like when just like when there's a lot of legal jokes out there the you know where lawyers get made fun of and you know they're funny some of the jokes are really funny and they're and they're truthful for the type of yeah. lawyers that they're that they're talking about but they're not all the same right and you know for my generation they think of LA law all right we got to meet and we got to everyone's going to court in different directions and we're all going to fight and we're going to drop our gloves and we're going to you know get you know and then we got to change suits before we go down to the bar at Ally McBeal's cuz you know I'll, you know we're the going to the bar after work is different than going to court we got to change suits you know and then people watch Ally McBeal or whatever the show is now and it's not necessarily representative of all types of law mm. so i've focused my practice on feeling good stuff you know that's yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not a real lawyer. Real lawyers go to court and argue motions. No, yeah, you and, are. Okay, cool. Thank you. No, you are a real lawyer. And transactional law is important because people litigate because they don't have good transactional lawyers right. in the beginning. And then everything gets screwed up because the contracts weren't done right. Right. And so, that's why they litigate, because it wasn't done right in the beginning. So people litigate, you said, because they don't have good transactional... It's important. Transactional what? Being proactive. Being so proactive. If you're not... They can do it themselves. They can go to Office Depot and get a, get a fill-in-the-blanks contract, and then it doesn't suit their needs, and something goes south, or they think they don't need a contract, they can do it on a handshake. Hmm. And then things go south, and they haven't set it up properly in the beginning. And then Lori gets called. And so, um, so the, the litigation part... they have to hire someone like me to fix it. Right. And, and, and I think what, what you were starting to talk about was how that part of your life, which sounds like it can be incredibly stressful, oh, yeah. I mean, to be ruining people's days, is balanced by the humor. Yes. Is that... Am I missing something here? Yes. You are? Or that's what it is? No, not at all. Okay. And so when did you yes. first discover that? When did you first discover that humor can be such a powerful cause? This actually may be a really good theme for us to continue talking about over the next several weeks is humor. Yeah, okay. Because it is a remarkable part of who we are okay. as human beings. How do, when, when did that come about? Yes. I could talk about that for a week. Well, that... I started out, when I first got out of law school, I was a prosecutor for the first 10 years. And 
as a prosecutor, you deal with really nasty things. You know, I would try, you know, robberies and child molestations and shootings and just really horrible things. And most prosecutors have really dark, twisted senses of humor because that's how you cope with it. Mm. You can't talk to people who've been shot or molested all day and live and do the job without being able to laugh at it somehow because it's mm. that or just sit in a corner and suck your thumb and cry you know mm. that you just don't have an option so humor is a, a good coping mechanism for that but um, as far as the writing and sort of being public with it uh, the the real turnaround for me was in 2012 I had run for probate court judge and I lost horribly. Just got my butt handed to me. <laughs> and I, I really shouldn't have. I was, and I think the person I ran against would tell you this, I was way more qualified. But it, it didn't matter uh, for a variety of reasons, which I won't get into. That's now. for another but, show. Um, I was 42 years old at the time. And I was ripe for a midlife crisis, and I thought, well, I could kind of lose my mind and my career, or I could just find something else to channel all that energy into. And I ended up, and uh, it's kind of a long story, so I won't get into it too much, but I ended up uh, starting a blog and finding an outlet for it, and one thing led to another, and it, it just kind of got traction, and here we are. Hmm. So how did you get nominated for the funniest lawyer oh, in... Related to it. Yeah. Lori B. Duff. D-U-F-F. self-nominated. Oh, really? Self oh, so you heard me. That was uh, the Atlanta Lawyers newspaper. Yeah. The County Daily Report, and they have a, a, a daily email digest thing. And I was looking at the email digest, and there was an ad on it that said, do you think you're Atlanta's funniest lawyer? And I thought, well, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> So I clicked on it, <laughs> and I filled out the little form. Good for you. Good for you. There we are. <laughs> so that can be seen on YouTube. So if you if you go uh, if you go on to YouTube and search Lori Duff Funny Attorney, there are two clips that show up. Okay. One at that, and one at another event that you were doing stand up. Yes, the Arnold Bombeck Writers Workshop. Yes, yes. So do you do stand up also, like in Atlanta and stuff like that? Because you're funny really funny some very little thank you uh some I, I just don't have the time yeah. to seek that out more i would love to do it more but I well what do you need what do, my kids go to college what do you need to successfully just keep going back to a stand-up club like a seven minute bit do you, do you thomas you would be able to tune in on that a little bit like what's like when people are starting out and they're working on something to walk into like a comedy store you need seven minutes 21 minutes yeah, it sounds good for like a just feeling out a bit. Even yeah. professionals will do that. Yeah. So you've got you've got four or five solid minutes, maybe seven, fourteen, in your head. Put it down. Head out to the Atlanta clubs. I love it. How close are you to Atlanta? I'm not far at all. What town? I'm in the suburbs of Atlanta. Buckhead. Wait, what did you just say? I'm not that far from Buckhead. It's Buckhead oh. is just a. <laughs> I, I, I thought we may have. I thought you brought me on to say that. First of all, Laurie, we just <laughs> so we just caught Doctor Joe sleeping. No, 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 no. Doctor Joe is definitely just, sleeping. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I know. So uh, <laughs> he was sleeping. 
I, I heard this thing today. <laughs> I was not. I heard this thing today on the air, this trucking company. Yeah. Uh, and it was called Cluster Truck. Oh, that's Isn't that cool. great? Yeah. That's a good one. That's brilliant. Cluster Truck. Um, I was higher than Buckhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes popped no, wide. I knew what you were saying. I mean, so she was, she was nominated to go on stage as one of the funniest lawyers in all of Georgia. Georgia or Atlanta? Atlanta. Atlanta. And went on stage and just blew the doors off, won the award, and is not named the funniest lawyer in Atlanta. And she's funny. I do have to say, I actually came in second, but oh. the guy who came in first was not a lawyer. So I don't think he can be a lawyer. Hold on. So I listened to I listened to a couple of them. There was a woman paralegal, and then there was a, a personal injury attorney, who was pretty funny, by the way. He was, his was pretty funny, too. And you, who was, so I didn't see the winner, I guess. It was a, it was a non-lawyer? Yeah, he was at work for a funding company. That's not fair. DQ. He's out. You won. Right. So right. I figure you can't be Atlanta's funniest lawyer if you're not a lawyer. So right. I was the funniest lawyer. I love how the lawyer the had to clarify that. I love that the lawyer and I you got, had to I clarify it. <laughs> but, but I do feel like I need to be honest about that. Yeah, that's good. But I claim it. But, I was well, you are. You are. You in my mind, you yeah. Well, it's I, not. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I not a I technicality agree. at all. I mean, how could yeah. somebody enter the contest honestly? How did they let him win? I think because it was a fundraiser for children's health care, and they gave a bunch of money. Uh, and he probably had a really good lawyer. He was. <laughs> he was probably pretty right. funny. Was he funny? Was he funny at least? Yes. Okay. He was funny. Okay. All right. So. So I want to just move away for this for a moment. In in the introduction to your book, you you talk about playing Scrabble with your mom and dad. Did your home influence? Yeah. Did your home domain have an influence on your humor today? Yes. <laughs> Can you talk a bit about that? Absolutely. About about your your growing up years and and how you think it it's influenced your social domain and the work that you do and the books that you write. My, there was always laughter in my house. We were always laughing. And no matter what, you know, even at the worst times, I remember, you know, when my, when my grandfather died, that the rabbi was trying to tell my parents that my grandmother would be waiting for him in the world to come or something like that. And my uncle just goes, yeah, he's in trouble. You know, <laughs> we just all started laughing. <laughs> you know? I mean, nowhere was off limits, not even the funeral home. You know, they, just, there was no inappropriate situation to laugh. Super healthy. And I've always, yeah, if it's funny, it's funny, and it doesn't matter where you are. Agreed. I think that's healthy. Agreed. It, it, it truly is a remarkable part of who we are as human beings. And, you know, humor actually starts very, very young. Really young. I, I'll, I'll tell you a personal story about Sophie, mm -hmm. my eldest. I remember the first time she really laughed. Uh, she was maybe, I don't know, three or four months old. Uh, Carol and I were, were living in Cincinnati. I was in medical school. And Carol was folding laundry, bending over uh, a bed, right? So the laundry was on the bed, and she's folding it. And I'm holding Sophie, and we walk by Carol, and I purposely just have, Carol, have Sophie's feet just touch up lightly against Carol's back. And Carol, having the spontaneity that she always has, just suddenly flop forward as if she'd been pushed down. There was nowhere enough force 
in Sophie's feet to push her mother on the bed. But Carol flopped down, and Sophie thought it was hilarious. And she starts laughing because she recognizes the inconsistency of it, that the physical world shouldn't act that way. And she just started laughing. And I think that, that this part of who we are as human beings, this ability to laugh, reflect on ourselves, look at this and say, this is something funny. I don't know whether any other animal really has that. I really am not really? sure. I'm not sure that, that other animals know what humor is. I not mean, even other primates? Maybe. I, I will concede. Maybe other primates. But really, it's, you know, does your dog know when something's funny? I think so. He smiles a lot. Ah, uh, but smiling isn't always... But he laughs, too. He knows what's funny. Really? Yeah, no doubt. Well... Well, shoot me now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I think No, but I think that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't it amazing? So you've captured this, Laura. You've captured this this fundamental part of who we are as human beings. And people read your work and they resonate and they laugh. So what what do you you know, the IM has has these two rules. You know, small changes have big effects. You don't need to change everything. You change something in any one of the four domains, your home domain, your social domain, the biological domain, or the I see, how I see myself, how I think other people see me, and it can have a ripple effect through the whole system. So given your experience, both as a lawyer and as an author, as a human being, what small change can you recommend to people so that they can use humor in their life? Whatever situation it is, there's something funny to be found in it. Hmm. And, you know, I, I tell my kids that all the time. I have two teenagers. They're now 18, and she's got a, a countdown. I think it's she'll be 16 in 36 days. She <laughs> tells me every day because that's when she can get her driver's license. Uh-huh. Um, but <clears throat> I, you know, I call them that all the time. Whenever anything's going south, you know, find the funny in this, find the funny in this. And I remember one day my husband, I, this, I may have written about this, I'm sure I did, but my husband had, he plugged up the drain in the laundry sink with a sweatshirt for reasons unknown and then left the water running and it just leaked down through the basement into all these papers and it was just this disaster and everyone was yelling and my son was freaking out and I just like, okay, just find the funny in this. There's something funny in this and you have to find it and it'll be there. And sometimes it helps me while I'm in the middle of something to try and think, how am I going to write about this Mm. in a way that will make other people laugh? Even if I can't laugh about this, how can I make somebody else laugh when I tell the story? And I remember, and and this is in my second book, um, which is called The Armadillo, the Pickaxe, and the Laundry Basket. Mm. I had fallen spectacularly while playing pickleball which if you're not familiar with it is a sport designed for people with limited mobility it's popular in south florida where my parents live with older people because you don't have to run very far very fast and yet i managed to shatter my wrist so Uh. that i needed surgery and these giant casts and it was just a disaster but I remember even as I was getting my arms set and screaming <laughs> because it hurt so badly, I just kind of tried to take myself away thinking, okay, I can get a good three or four blog posts out of this. And how can I do this? And, <laughs> you, know, you know, trying to think of funny lines and trying to, you know, remember 
how can I describe this needle that he's poking in my arm in a funny way and just to take the, the stress away from it to make it a funny story instead of a tragic event mm-hmm. so find the funny it's great advice find the funny there's it, something funny in everything that's great advice it find is. the funny the other rule of the I am is you control no one you influence everyone uh, because everybody's interested in what you think or feel about them. You're part of someone's home or social domain, and you have an effect on their biological domain, their brain, depending on how you treat them. So what influence are you hoping to have on your, uh, on your readership, on your family, on your, on your domains? What influence? What I write, there is nothing in there that is at all mean-spirited. Uh, if I make fun of anyone, it's me. Uh, I, I make a big point of n- never being mean to anyone, never making assumptions about anybody's motives. Um, and, and I try to do that in life, too, because I think that 99% of the world's problems are people making assumptions about other people's motives. And one of the things I'm proudest of is that people who told me they really like what I've done are on completely opposite spectrums of the political world and you can bring people together when you just keep things positive mm-hmm. you don't have to there's so much negativity out there and if mm-hmm. you just take that away and you just show people the positive stuff which can be funny. Funny doesn't have to be mean. Funny doesn't have to be political. Funny doesn't have to be making fun of somebody else. It, it can be just funny. Yeah. And and that is truly what, what the I am is trying to do. It's, it's being able to look again at why we do what we do without judging people. Look again. Again, look. Again, to repeat something, look like a spectator. The I am is saying let's mm-hmm. respect why people do what they do. And that is the foundation for value, which is the foundation for trust, and then you can really have these discussions. And then you can use humor. I mean, it is mm-hmm. wonderful to be able to, to make a joke, not necessarily at someone else's expense, but certainly at your own. I think, I think that right. if, if you can joke about yourself, I think it, it shows more confidence uh, than anything. Yeah, I don't take myself very seriously at all. And you know, one of the very first things I said when we started is I have no shame. And it's true, I don't. I don't care if people see me in my pajama top or whether I'm wearing makeup or not makeup. Yeah, I don't care. Because I'm not trying to pro- project an image of one thing or another. What you see in me is your business. Yeah, that's right. That's the IC. That's the IC. I love it. Lori, we, we are out of time for tonight but i'm sure there's so much more we could talk we about. might bring her back when we talk about the the optimism that's going to be a series I, of uh absolutely so let's just real quick Lori b duff Lori, thanks so much for being on the dr joe show really appreciate it great luck thank with the you Lori. thanks thanks thank folks great time. okay thanks for listening folks all right good night everyone hope, hope you had as much fun as i did we'll be back next week